We are live. I've been doing uh, WATS, Who Are These Socials, with Carl uh, the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last episode was our best one so far. Go check it out. But there's a uh, now a new group of people hearing my voice for the first time. And this happened when I started a bar stool, when I started on Kirk's show. I have a very distinct voice. And for whatever reason, people will try. There has not been anyone who has nailed the impression of me yet. Well, it's, it's such a deep, full voice. It's hard. Like, I, I can't read. <laughs> but it seems it's so it's so weird, and it's been commented on so much that I would think someone would be able to replicate it. Honestly, the bet I think Kirk has nailed the cadence when he has uh, <clears throat> a steak and couscous. Or I was gonna, I was going to say the cadence you can get, and uh, people can imitate you saying couscous. But yeah, so but so that's that's where you go. That's the Dana Carvey uh, not going to do it <laughs> of my of my impression, right? But uh, like I was listening to WATP, and someone left a voicemail for them, and he it was you know me. I called in, but it's the thing where like you have to say the person's name in the impression to let everyone know who it is. Mm-hmm. Like he goes, Ooh, I'm blind Mike. This is how I talk. <laughs> oh God. It was really bad. <laughs> and then there was someone on the, uh, on their Reddit page that said, uh, why does blind Mike talk like WC fields? And then all the replies were like, he doesn't, that's a horrible comparison. People cannot nail my voice for some reason. I don't know why. It, it is unique for sure. And I it's like weird. So you would think it, I would think it would be an easy impression. So I like the people that think away, it's folks. The people that Send think it's tries. the people that think it's fake are my favorite. Yeah, like I would choose that. That's what I always say about Mark Normand. Like, why would he choose that voice? I mean, like you call if you call Bly Mike on the phone, same voice. Hello, <laughs> hello there, sir. <laughs> With a hint of why are you calling me? <laughs> yes. What? What do you want? <laughs> I always. Uh, I guess my signature on the phone is I'm not very good at hiding that I have no interest in talking on the phone because <laughs> the words I'm saying will be like pleasant, but I'll be like, uh, hello there. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, like that, that sounds it great. Gives, gives it away a little bit. Yeah. It's accurate. <laughs> I only call if it's important. Yes. I understand. I'm like, you want to get wing, yeah. wings this weekend, buddy? So let's get some. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't call with that. <laughs> But yeah, let's get some blind mic impressions going for God's sake. I would think it would be easy. Yeah, I want to hear those. I definitely want to hear um, those. Someone will nail it, and then everyone will be able to do it. Once you figure it out, then you know it'll be easy to do, I would think. Yeah, it's either uh, get the octave right or nail the cadence so well, like you can do like the, like the Trump caller. Right, right, yeah. That it's all about that. <laughs> yeah, so. Also, listening to WATP, I can't tell, like... I, th- this might be me. I feel like Carl and Vinny aren't a fan of me. I feel like they don't like me. I can never tell. <laughs> Why would you because, because every time my name is brought up around Vinny, he'll like insult me. <laughs> and then he goes, nah, I'm kidding. I like the guy. <laughs> I feel like he's, he's lying. Vinny Paulino? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they like me more is what it is, I think. I think that might be it, honestly. Sadly, I think that might be true. <laughs> that would actually be yeah. wicked funny. To like, well, he does have twenty thousand followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't realize it's meaningless. None of them listen to me when I tweet. Yeah, can we? Can we put? Uh, we should just put up with it, right? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so go listen to a, Who Are These Socials? A big hit. People seem to be enjoying it, I think. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, well, I guess we have to start with, because uh, usually I wait till I'm on KMS to address these subjects, but I won't be for, I don't know, a week and a half or two weeks or something. While. Uh, yeah, so I figure I may not, they may not even bring it up the next time I'm on. Uh, so I listened to uh, Clemmer yesterday. Me as well. What was the consensus? Did everyone enjoy him on there? I didn't see much uh, negativity. No, he, I thought he did really well. Well, I thought he did well. I'm just curious. I was wondering what the people thought. If they hated it, loved it. Uh, oh, middle ground, probably. Yeah. Uh, my take on it was I, I was surprised. So I was the last to come around on the condescending Clemmer train. Like when people talk about the way he would speak to Justin and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see it for a long time, ironically. And <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I was the last to come around, but now it's all I can see. Like, you know, the how I met your mother episode when it's like you're blinded to when you first start dating someone. Yeah. But then you can't unrealize it once it's pointed out to you. Yeah. Yep. That that's the vibe I got from uh, Clever yesterday where like one of his last appearances on KMS. Remember, I pointed out something he said about me that was very dismissive. Mm-hmm. And again, I I'm willing to acknowledge since this is about me, maybe I'm sensitive to it and looking at it, you know, scrutinizing it too much. But like when I came up the way he addressed me, like obviously I didn't think when I said, Hey, ask him about norm from cheers. I didn't think that would be a hall of fame KMS moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of the, kind of the point of it. And I, but I thought Chris would like have fun with it. Go, Oh, well, let me tell you. He goes, uh, I guess uh, he thought of it in the car and the way he's like, Oh, do I have to answer this? You know, Kirk, am I right? Am I going to answer this clown's horse shit? And then immediately when Kirk is like, do you think Norm lived in the city or the suburbs? Kirk was like, well, well, actually, that's very interesting. Yes. <laughs> All of a sudden he pipes up. <laughs> Us barstool guys need to stick together. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there is a dismissive attitude. And uh, I think, I think the way he portrayed uh, our interaction was strange as well. I still, I didn't publicly say anything. Yeah, he's still kind of like <laughs> mad at Craig, which I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I know he was pissed off. I uh, Now, it was a whole new thing, because now this time he was pissed that I touched on... Because I didn't read verbatim uh, our DMs. I just... I, I, I might have said one, just because I was like... But they were DMs. Yeah, no, I'm not... You sent you sent the screenshot he was talking about. He made it seem like you sent a picture... Of his wife, which of I his, did. Of his wife or something, which is, didn't happen. You sent a screenshot saying... Like this person unsubscribed, basically. And to be perfectly clear, guys, I understand. If you don't feel like spending the money here, believe me, <laughs> save a few bucks, you know, put it in the stock market or something. We got you. We under, we totally get it. So uh, I appreciate anyone supporting, but don't feel like you need to. But that was another dismissive moment where Cullinane was like, well, then if it wasn't to send a message, was it about the money? And Chris was like, oh, yeah, like I really need the $5, which would kind of felt like, you know, Mike needs this a lot more than me. And, <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I know 
I'm not, I'm not saying I'm very well off, but keep your $5. It's fine. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> you know, I appreciate the support, but if it's a waste of money to you, don't be, if you feel like it's a waste of money, don't right. be here. I knew, know? I knew it was going to be too like a, a situation where what he wants to say to you, he's going to take it out on me. <laughs> I was, I was actually surprised by that. I thought because I wasn't there, I would be the one that uh, caught the brunt of that. But no, it was you. He went down even another notch. No, I know, because I didn't tweet it. I didn't say anything. I said Chris Not left. That, and to be clear, he didn't say anything bad. He wasn't over the top and bad. He didn't bash anyone. No. It was just a vibe, an attitude that I picked up on. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, was, I was stunned it was still a thing. It sounded like yeah. it, was still, it was still bugging him. Yeah, and even my other two questions, which were serious questions, like, not serious questions, but you know what I mean, that... In that world, I, I I was looking for a serious answer about the, he lied about the 95 Mariners thing. Uh, because when people asked him originally, he said, ah, it's some legal stuff or some stuff with like headquarters, like as if he was being, you know, the 95 Mariners were being silenced by corporate. <laughs> I, I did like the way you phrased it though. When's the lockout end? <laughs> yeah. And, but then now, now it's a Wi-Fi issue. So I suspect that's a, a lie. I suspect he could figure out uh, well, I, th- I think there's wireless internet in New York. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, um, they have a, I, he said the um, Wi-Fi at his place stinks, but I'm almost positive. There is a room dedicated to streaming video games. And my understanding is Barstool is an internet company, I believe. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they could figure that out if you wanted to do it. So the answer is he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> and then the other question was what happened to movies of the millennium? Now, again, that was a very dismissive hand where he's like, uh, I mean, I'm doing a podcast with Brandon. <laughs> Whoa, excuse me. <laughs> I didn't realize you, <laughs> Brandon Walker was doing a podcast with you. I forgot the cap was one podcast. <laughs> and yeah. then my answer would have been like, hey, the movies of the millennium thing. If you want to talk about every movie from the 2000s, make a fucking TikTok. You're at one of the biggest social media companies on the planet, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't get... Make a TikTok account where you talk about those movies. That's perfect for that. I don't get... A two-minute um, review on every movie he wants to do? Yeah, that'd be perfectly you know, fine. It doesn't have to be a podcast. And that's that was my point of the question, but he received it like, oh, I gotta, you know, deal with this, guys. <laughs> you know. They're also... I just pictured him, because I couldn't see the video, obviously. I just pictured him looking at Kirk like, you gotta deal with this bozo twice a week? Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're also uh, big on, like, Snapchat uh, shorts. So Instagram, Snapchat, any of them, post them everywhere. It's perfect for Tick, it. Yeah. TikTok. This is why I think I'm of this nothing. Movie. I'm, a, I'm a fountain of ideas. I can't think of any good ideas for myself, but I'm a fountain of ideas for this guy. Yeah, and I still I don't get why uh, he. I, I think he actually <laughs> hates me, which is funny. And uh, I, which I we we used to talk and like when he was going through his problems at the beginning of um, the baseball streams, I would tell him what I think was going on. I would suggest make suggestions how to make that smoother. Like I was always trying to help the guy, but I wanted, I wanted to wait, hold that for the segment where uh, Craig makes it about him, but he he spoiled it. He did it too early. It was about us. (laughs) This show, this show focusing too much on Mike. We got to get to the shows. The show is the devil. Uh, yeah. So that was, those are my basic thoughts was that he was, I wasn't like crazy. And now it's going to be a thing where like, uh, uh, I have to be a rival of his. Like he seems like a nice guy, mm-hmm. but there is that dismissive attitude that he has, and it's hard for me to unnotice that now. Yeah. You know, like I was being spoken to like the the same way he talked to Justin. Basically, that's how I felt. Maybe again, maybe I'm being too sensitive to it. 
But uh, that was my takeaway from it. I, I would say you're two to three levels below him. So obviously. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I'm still climbing. <laughs> I'm still working towards that level. You'll, you'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I can only hope. Um, but yeah. And I like, even like, you know, does he think like I, I couldn't make fun of a sports movie podcast? Look what I'm, it's no different than what I'm doing with why are you laughing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't make fun of his shit like that. I mean, I, I would actually be interested if he was doing the Mariner stream, I would still be watching it. So it was just kind of funny the way he responded. Like when my name came up, it was kind of like, Oof. I, I really enjoyed the Mariner streams. <laughs> well, I think we all, as a nation, I think we all did. It was America's past. There was a, there was a fun period of getting followed by 1995 Mariners athletes. On, on Twitter, like <laughs> I, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah, I would be followed. All of a sudden, I would be followed by like um, ninety-five Lou Pinella, ninety-five yeah, Randy yeah, yeah. Johnson. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was, fun. It was very funny. Uh, yeah. So that was my basic takeaway. Maybe you, uh, maybe you guys disagree, but the theme of today's program will be creeps of all shapes and sizes. It seems, mm. uh, and backgrounds. We've got creeps from all different backgrounds. Um. We've got uh, Brendan Schaub, who's a fan favorite. Chris D'Elia. There's a documentary about Chris D'Elia on YouTube now called The Chris D'Elia Problem that I really want to dive into. I think it was very well done. Um, and then OJ did a podcast that I thought was kind of funny. So we'll break all of those down today. But uh, before we get into it, I just want to remind you guys, blindmike.net. If you listen to this for free, and you say, Mike, how can I help? We, we don't look down at you. We don't think you're lesser than. We'd like to make up for the, uh, the Clemmer family leaving in droves. We had the whole family back here, and now Chris, there's just Chris. Chris is still a patron. Just yes. Clear. I suspect he won't be. Yeah. I just, I just want to clear. <laughs> I want to make that crystal clear. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that may not be uh, the case much longer, but if you'd like to make up for that. Uh, and no, we won't go to your house. We'll just call you. Uh, if you're, if you have a landline, we will call you. Um, but uh, short of that, we will not, we will not go to your home if you unsubscribe. Uh, but we do appreciate it. If you like the podcast, don't, don't do us any favors. Uh, but you can find that at blindmike.net. That's where you can find the Patreon as well as the free links, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, so you can support the show that way as well. If you'd be so kind. And like I said, W-A-T-S. We will have a, uh, in the new year, we'll have its own RSS feed and things, I believe. Why are you leaving is an idea that would be so good if it was like able to be done. I just wouldn't do that to people. <laughs> that would you just, know? that would be so funny. It would be very fun. Well, it would be funny uh, once, you know. No, if we did Bly Mike Project exit interviews, that would be so funny. It, w- it would be funny, but like, uh, m- I think most cancellations are like, Someone didn't realize that their card ran out and it was someone that doesn't watch that often. So they're not going to realize it for a couple of months, you know? Yeah. Cause they often come back. Yeah. So I'm still watching. Yes. Yeah. We monitor very heavily. Yeah. Uh, so we should, we start with I, the, uh, Delia is the thing I'm most interested in talking about today. Yep. So skip ahead if you want that, but I think we got to ease into it with a little Brendan Schaub. Of course. Uh, so I, I, I clicked on this, uh, with with uh, the wrong intentions, I said, "Ooh, baby, Chet Hanks, our old pal, is on the fighter and the kid." That is a a mishmash of idiocy that you read about. Chet and I, 
Well, he doesn't show actually, up. Actually, <laughs> you might want to pull that, pull that clip up if you wouldn't mind, because I feel like it's uh, uh, applicable to the first question we have. The Chetana? Uh, yeah. yeah. Let me see yeah. if I can find that. Oh, man. So uh, Chet Hanks was on with Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen, and I thought, oh, this will be three idiots in a room together. That'll be fun. And it, it they go out of their way almost to make Chet seem – not just likable, but like intelligent. <laughs> he is easily the smartest guy in the room. And it's funny. I should have known that because I think one of the early times I was on WATP, we did the King, the Sting, and the Wing, which was Dalia, Schaub, and Theo Vaughn at the time. And they had Chet Hanks as a guest. And Chet was easily like the most mild-mannered intelligent one in the in the room <laughs> and so it turns out we just have uh clips that show really what a horrible uh interviewer brendan Shaw is and what a dimwit he is but i think the first clip uh shines more of a light on brian callen if i remember correctly do you want me to play the chetana first i think you'll see when it's appropriate <laughs> but uh, this, this was a question. Just keep that clip in mind. Keep the clip you're referring to. Keep it in mind. Keep in mind, uh, Chet Hanks's rap lyrics. Keep in mind the fact that he used to go by Chet Hayes. And even now that he goes by Chet Hanks, he spells it with an X. <laughs> keep in mind that he's Tom Hanks's son and has a rap career and talks like he's from the streets. <laughs> Just keep all that in mind when you're listening to Brian Callen point this question at him. You know what I like about you, dude? What? I say this out loud. You've been, you grew up in Hollywood. You grew up with all the trappings and you're not Hollywood. You did a good job of resisting the insanity and, yeah. and the, the, and the, Embrace that causes you to be out of touch with reality. And I feel like yeah, you had this. No, that's totally. Uh, Craig, if, if I may, mm-hmm. let's hear how realistic Chet Hanks has always been. <laughs> big up, big up the whole island massive. It's your boy Chetana coming straight from the Golden yeah, Globes. That's a realistic guy <laughs> who's really grounded and knows where he came from. <laughs> big shooting. <laughs> It's honestly uh, like if SNL was ma- writing a joke script for them to ask him. And like I said, I think Chen Hanks has changed a lot. And I think this interview was kind of a good example of how he is now, I think, a little more grounded and realistic about himself. And he talks about how he regrets some of the stuff he did uh, when he was younger. But the idea, it would be like saying to Britney Spears, like, you, have, you seem to have it all together. He also came out with White Boy Summer last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that brand did sweep the nation. That had the country in a craze for a summer. So it's hard to argue the marketing. But my point is the idea of a guy saying, Chet, it would be like right now saying to Kanye, like, your thoughts on race have always been right down the middle. I think you <laughs> nailing it. <laughs> Deep sense of flipper. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what? Was there more to that clip? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot more. Kind of understanding the dangers therein. Maybe it's because your parents oh, are that good. That was the other thing I want to point out. It, their questions never end. Never. 
<laughs> it's the longest. Like, let the guy answer, Brian. We understand the question. You don't have to give us nine analogies for it. You can see uh, they do the interviews where the, the person they're interviewing often does the, the inhale like they're about to start talking and then just yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, Chet's checking his watch. <laughs> People, and they knew how to read. Yeah, you'd have to talk up to the parents, right? Shout out to your mom. Yeah. Well, yeah. but it's also, it's Those also, there's a limit to what parents can do. The kids got to un- <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. Most kids Brendan. suck. What does that mean? <laughs> Brian is asking now. This is how dumb Brendan is. Is that the 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 shit I was giving Brian? Brendan says, yeah, "Hold my beer, if you will. I got this, buddy. I'm going to make you look smart." Because now Brendan has shifted the question to all children are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is specifically saying, like, "Hey, Hollywood's a crazy place. You know, growing up in Hollywood must be pretty difficult," which is accurate. Uh, the idea that Chet Hanks was grounded as a child is utter nonsense, but the question is, is based in reality. And then Brendan says, Oh, I understand what you're saying. B (laughs) kids are morons. Kids are (laughs) so dumb. Yeah, boy. You've really, you, you've really hit the nail on the head, Brendan, as usual, you've really pinpointed where, where this conversation was going. where he fits in the universe where he fits in the world a lot of it's parenting though for sure don't don't disagree with me but uh (laughs) no but i'm kidding but yes it is but it's also as an individual you go hold on i see the dangers over here i'm gonna move over here maybe music saved you was it was it designed like music saved you yeah maybe maybe the idea that you were pretending to be from fucking compton (laughs) (laughs) Well, your dad is Forrest Gump. Maybe that's what saved you as a man. I don't know why that made me. That got me. It's like you didn't want to be in that. Like you saw what your dad has to deal with. Uh, The credit definitely goes to my parents for how they raised me. Just Brendan, rewind that because Brendan is completely not getting it. He goes, oh, is that what you, you didn't want to deal with what your dad dealt with? Chet Hanks is a musician and actor and hosting a podcast. He's not running away from the limelight. Not at all. <laughs> this question is this question is for if Tom Hanks had a son that was in finance that changed his last name so no one would know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> I see the dangers over here. that this was directed at Chet Hanks. I know, kidding. I'm going to move over here. Maybe music saved you. Was it know. was it designed like this? Like you didn't want to be in that? Like you saw what your dad has to deal with? Uh, the credit yeah. definitely goes yeah, to my... Brendan, go watch. Obviously, you did a lot of prep. Go watch him with Rude Jude. <laughs> and tell me this is a grounded man. <laughs> yo, why won't you let... Well, yo, why won't you let my boy hit up the vending machine, son? Rude Jude is like, well, Chet, because it's against the rules. Please, <laughs> please sit down. <laughs> parents for how they raised me just because yeah, they're not right. hollywood you know they they want to be like as low-key as possible you know yes. they they don't like doing all, all, any of that shit you know they're very very just under the radar but also you know like there were kids that i knew growing up that would like the type of kids that would be like do you know who i am and that shit to me was just i, I never related but to it's that. not about that i was never that type of dude <laughs> ever that, that's not like- what <laughs> You were a little bit, but also I, this is what like kind of endeared me to Chet now is that he's like, Hey guy, I mean, I guess, sure. These guys are blowing me. I might as well go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I am a pretty grounded guy. <laughs> um, but like I said, Chet was good in this interview. And I mean, I only listened to the first 40 minutes cause it was getting pretty exhausting, but, uh, I, I thought he did a good job. Uh, someone who did not do a good job is the gentleman sitting next to him. 
What is, uh, what's our next clip? Outlaw. This is, but you're going to hear this word a lot. It comes up, I think it comes up in uh, the rest of the clips I have. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, amazingly. But again, this is Brendan with zero comprehension of what the conversation is. Yeah. You, you're almost like, uh, when it comes to your family, you're almost like the dark horse. Like you're going to go your own route. By the way, he is definitely trying to say black sheep, but said dark horse. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I was, tr- I couldn't figure it. It was like a, a Rubik's cube in my mind. I was like, where does he mean to go there? Cause dark horse doesn't fit. Yeah. They, clearly that's what he meant. The black sheep. Yes. It's like the dark horse. He's like the underdog. Why would that be the case? <laughs> the dark horse. You, you're almost like uh, when it comes to your family, you're almost like the dark horse. Like you're gonna do, go your own route. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're a bit of an outlaw in that sense. <laughs> Could be easy to go the. That's other like way I'm. That. I'm loving this. Yes. Yes. I'm an outlaw. <laughs> but you hear me? He, he just goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what, Brendan? You're right. I am an outlaw. I, I am the man. I am. That's what outlaws do. They use daddy's money to rent a recording studio. <laughs> and piss all over the serious XM hallways when you're doing interviews. Most of us think you'd go down. You yeah, know? that's a cool way to put it. Yeah, more, you're the, yeah, when it comes to Hank's family, you're the outlaw. You know? Yeah, I mean, Your that's. Dad's, yeah. I just. Uh, In what yeah, way? <laughs> Even Chet is like. That's a that's a cool way to put. Because right there, Brendan. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Chet is talking about how like. You know, he kind of regrets some of the things he did as a kid. Like he felt like he acted like an idiot back in the day and he's learned from that and he's matured. And so Brendan's perception of that is, oh, you were an outlaw. And Chet's like, I mean, that's a cool way to phrase it, I suppose. Meanwhile, the, a, the same time he's like, if I could, I would change lives with my dad like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing... In Chet's life, that would suggest he's an outlaw. That that Chetana thing is from like a red carpet event. Uh, he does it a bunch, and he does it in his music. Right. No, but what I'm saying is like he's going to. Oh he's yeah, mingling it, with the Hollywood elite. Right. <laughs> he's not, right. Right. He's right. not some rogue. He's not a cowboy. He's not yeah. a maverick. <laughs> White boy summer though. You know, it's not a bad thing. Nah, I was just. Just you know, no, just, just an inaccurate thing, Brendan. That's more <laughs> the reaction you're seeing on my face, Brendan. It's more that I'm puzzled by the question. I'm not. I don't think you're insulting me. I just think you're a moron. <laughs> He's like looking at his watch. Like how long into this are we? <laughs> this is five minutes in, and they have about an hour and forty to go. It's just I'm just being myself at the end of the day, you know. But at at a, at a certain point when I was younger, it's like I I really wasn't being true to myself because it's almost like because because like I said, I was operating from insecurity, so I was really like overcompensating to like do bad shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Beautiful answer by Chet. An answer that if you were scripting, if you knew who Chet Hanks was a few years ago and you're his PR team saying, how do we make this guy more likable? That's the answer that you would have written. And Brendan's like, yeah, yeah, you get what I mean. You're an outlaw. He's like, no, kind of the opposite. (laughs) I'm kind of saying I regret all of that. Um, This next one I like, it's endless improv. This is fucking exhausting. <laughs> how long do you have the exact time? How long is this clip? This clip is a uh, minute 45. See if you can hang in guys, because this is one question. And I'm pretty sure in the clip, we don't even hear Chet's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. This is Chet. Mind you on a pretty big platform. I think the fighter and the kids still does pretty good numbers. 
Uh, so he's on a pretty big platform promoting that he's going to do a podcast. And the guy he's doing the podcast with is there in the room, which I did not realize as a listener. Did not realize the guy was in the room because they did nothing to incorporate him. A great, you know, great interviewers really make you feel at home. <laughs> did nothing to acknowledge this guy. And Chet's like, oh, well, this is actually my co-host. That spurs the most bizarre improv I've ever heard in my life. Oh, you'll hear it. But Chet gives a pretty simple answer and it launches into this. Fuck it. You're doing what you're about to it's do. It's 2022. Podcast, yeah. yeah. We're about to release a podcast. My, my co-host right here, Josh Stroh. We're going to call it Outlaws. Gonna call it, gonna call <laughs> Hold it on. Mutt. No. <laughs> Stop pushing. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's, <laughs> outlaws is not working. Killer. Yeah. <laughs> outlaws. I think it's just going to be called white the guys. White it's guys. Muslim. I think it's just going to be called the Chet Hank show. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, hey, guys, I'm giving it out. Here's the name. The Chet Hank Show. Pretty simple. We don't need to spitball ideas. This isn't a brainstorming session. I know what I'm going to call it. We're how far into the clip? Uh, eight seconds. Okay, eight seconds. So we got a bit of a long way to go. I'm going to call it muscular. Yeah. <laughs> Outlaws. Mus- I think it's just going to be called the white Chet guys, Hank Show. White guys. It's going to be called Two Whites and Hats. <laughs> this Thursday. Two Jacked Coming Whites. Called it Jacked and White. Uh, just want to Jack changed it to a television show. This is also it's now a podcast this Thursday coming to Fox for some reason. It's just also a problematic thing. They're going to go down. Please don't. But there's pigeon. no reason for it. Yeah. Chet did not say, hey, like we're two, you know, bros talking about bro stuff. He didn't. He all, all he's talked about so far is how he has learned from his past mistakes and he has changed as a guy and he wants to be more of an adult now. And that's what spurred this improv is this evolved man you see before you, a guy that we used to mock that we're saying is genuinely seems like he's a grown up now. You know, it took him a while to mature because he was a kid in Hollywood, but now he's in his thirties. He seems like an adult. And for some reason, let's go back to the beginning, actually, because I want you to get the full scope of how nonsensical this rant is. Fuck it. You're doing what you're about to it's do. It's 2022. Yeah. yeah. We're about to release a podcast. My, my co host right here, Josh Stro. We're going to yeah. call it Outlaws. Going to call it, gonna call it <laughs> Muscular. Yeah. Outlaws. Mus- I think it's just going to be called the White Chet guys. Hank show. White guys. It's going to be called Two Whites and Hats. <laughs> this Thursday, Two Jacked Coming Whites. Call it Jacked and White. Just what, Jack- just what white. America can't get enough of. Two Whites and Hats. <laughs> These guys are talking real. He's literally, mo- I'm sorry to stop, but Brendan is literally mocking them for starting a podcast also it would be like if i was like oh you're chubby and you have a dumb beard to cover your fat face it's like brendan who do you think you're describing that's what he just said he goes he goes that's what america needs two whites and hats yeah two white guys yeah brendan you're not a bro at all you don't come off like a jacked bro douchebag it's good that you're making fun of chet for this and not looking in the mirror at all Issues. These guys are straight white and jacked. Root for them. Root. For just have them. my face introduce them. These guys are straight. Was it? How do how do these two think people see their podcast? I have no idea. Like, who do they think they're making fun of? They're literally making fun of themselves at this current it's, time. It's as if it's as if they were in a, a mirror shop. <laughs> and we're like, look at these two assholes. 
and just go on a rant about themselves for another minute and a half. So Chet Hanks is um, wearing a Detroit Tigers hat. What a piece of shit. Schaub is wearing a San Diego Padres hat. Now that's much cooler. <laughs> Don't you see the difference? It's much less of a bro town, San Diego. Yeah. There are many more bros in Detroit. It's <laughs> true. White and jacked. They like to work out. Yeah. You think they're just bros. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's right. This Sunday on Fox. <laughs> Watch these guys. I can't emphasize enough. Bro culture did not come up once before this. Not a single one. <laughs> it was never, never suggested that this would be a, a podcast about, about bro culture. <laughs> well, it is now. It has to be now. People are now, because this is promoting it, they're going to go listen. It's all in like, the marketing, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't what I was told it was. <laughs> it's Chet having philosophical discussions. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. He's talking about like the the struggles of growing up with his dad being who he is, and <laughs> right. the, like, dude, this this isn't like gangster. <laughs> we got a long way to go. We can't keep interrupting this. That's true. We got so, about nine years left on this. Clip. This 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 clip has a minute left. I'm just gonna play it. Simpsons. It's Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Watch these guys curl in slow motion and bonus footage when they spot each other. Oh, did yeah. we mention they have eight inch cocks? Oh, hey, whoa. Wait. This, oh, that's, that's BT uh, oh, late night. Today's leg day. These guys go ass to grass. This comes out of nowhere. Yeah. We're talking about flexible fucking These hips. guys ride a motorcycle nuts to butts. <laughs> and they go fast. They're gay Dude, now? I don't know his last yeah. name. Stroh. Apparently. Oh, Hanks and Stroh. Stroh. Oh, what's your first name again? <laughs> Fucking Stroh. Chet and Josh. You guys make up your mind. This Thursday, they're strowing it up. Fuck, the testosterone <laughs> meter hits red hot. It's just thinking it's Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. He thinks it's a commercial. <laughs> Next Tuesday, they're going to work out without their shirt. Ass to nuts. These guys don't play around. Get low. Let me spot your hips. Did I, I wonder if Chet was like, are you done calling me gay? Well, that Chet just leans into it and he goes, yeah, you're pretty accurate. That's pretty much what it's going to be. I don't think so. He, like, he, he at least had fun with it, but I would be infuriated. Like, I don't, what, what is this? <laughs> are you guys just calling me a douchebag to my face? Why am I here? <laughs> and, and then of course, Shab's doing that. Yeah, bud voice. I don't know. I, I don't the the improv skills of Brendan to be like, this is now a television show for some reason. <laughs> and then to twice say Thursday, the Tom Myers precision he shows to twice, twice say Thursday and then change it to Tuesday for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're already changing nights, which as you know, is never good for a television program. My favorite though, is the guy's name is Josh Stroh. So, uh, Shab was like, yeah, this Tuesday, we're strowing it up. <laughs> we're strowing it up. Oh, Brendan gets excited. Oh, is that name ripe for improv? <laughs> Stro, dude? Stro, Stro, gang, buckle up. You got to wait to see what I do with Stro. I'm going for a Stro down the beach, dude. <laughs> it was an exhausting improv. When I was timestamping that, I couldn't believe how long it was lasting. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'll be a quick 20 seconds to make fun of. Maybe 30. No, and it just kept going and going. It was exhausting. Callan too. He just got like that excited face. And at least he was trying. I guess they play along with each other. Well, like if you, 
If that's funny to you, I get why you like these guys. Because it's a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like, they have good chemistry if you enjoy that. Keep because in mind. Yes, it is a, it's a lot of that. <laughs> I did enjoy going to Brendan's show. I want to just say that I think again. we all, I think the nation did. I, just I think say, we changed what it's like to go to a Brendan Schaub show for America. I just wanted to say that out loud again. Casey, for some reason, comes across this. Don't punch me in the head. Yeah, come on, Brendan. Come on anytime. We love you. Oh, yeah. All right. Never mind. I'll, I'll, this will be after this. I'll talk about it. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the next clip? Uh, a compliment that goes over Brendan's head. Oh, I get, the, the perception on this guy is unmatched. Brendan's depth perception with questions, like his perception as far as ability to pick up questions is as good as my actual depth perception. (laughs) It is staggering to me the inability this guy has to pick up on where people are going. Your dad doesn't do a lot of interviews. I want to know what's going on. I didn't recognize the guy for the first- That's what I mean. They're on- Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Uh, Go back to the beginning of that so we can hear it all. But- with that question, first of all, uh, it's a little too nice by Brian Callen because I've heard uh, it was the most atrocious performance of Tom Hanks's career in that Elvis movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But, but Brian's being nice, and what Brian is saying, this is a compliment to an actor. He disappeared into the role. He's saying, when I watched that Elvis movie, no idea it was your dad. He's That's how amazing an actor he is. Like, I've watched this guy for 30 years and when I turned this movie on, I didn't realize it was him. Very nice compliment to pay an actor. And this is what Brendan thinks of that comment. Your dad doesn't do a lot of interviews. I want to know what's going on. I didn't recognize the guy for That's the first what I mean. they're under, 30 they're minutes of Elvis. Under the radar. Well, you know? I didn't recognize him for the first 30 minutes. I swear uh, to God. Retarded, right? No, oh, come he was on. wearing You're a fat suit. <laughs> he was wearing- what did he say? <laughs> He's retarded. <laughs> he called Brian retarded. Oh, boy. <laughs> Saying, hey, Chet, can you listen to this mouth breather? Oh. He didn't know it was your dad. Oh, boy. And then he continues to not pick up on what Brian meant. A fat suit, but that was your, very good. Your dad could be an avatar, and I would know it's fucking <laughs> Tom Hanks. That'd be some shit. When I look at Woody on Toy Story, I'm like, that's Tom Hanks. <laughs> he puts on a fat suit. Brian's like, I'm trying to figure out, is that Tyrese? Is that Morgan yeah. Freeman? I thought it was Megan these. Uh, <laughs> when I think of your dad, Chet, I think Jason Alexander. I love. I think all I can think of is one role. He's That's how bad an actor he is. This is... Brian Callen being the best friend you could possibly have. Cause Brian Callen is a great friend. When you hear him, when he was on like Legion of Skanks defending Shaw, yep. and she, like he's a, he's a ride or die guy. No, I'm, <laughs> I just rewound it a few seconds. Listen to this. You can hear Brian go to like play along. And even he's like, I'm just not gonna yeah. listen to this. That Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I thought it was Megan. These. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I'm giving. I'm bailing on this. He's one. like. I thought I was making that. Ah, never mind. Fucking hit me ejector button. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So it's amazing. Like Brendan just has no ability to pick up. On, like he calls his buddy retarded <laughs> because he says, "Hey, Tom Hanks really loses himself in his work now." Yeah, it would have been great. That would have been great if he was like, "Why?" Because I defend you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say you don't cheat on your wife. Is that why I'm retarded, Brendan? I pa- I somehow passed a lie detector test saying you were funny. <laughs> that I respect your comedy. <laughs> yeah. So 
like the problem that like, J- like you know Jason Alexander is the one of the better examples. Uh, the problem he has in Hollywood is that like when you look at him, all you can see is George Costanza. So Brendan's compliment to Tom Hanks is. If he were in a cartoon, I would know it was him. This guy sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he can't disappear in the magical world of Avatar. I'd be like, that's Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's Brian's paying one of the nicest compliments you could give an actor. Like He disappeared into the role. I had no idea it was him after 30 years of fame. <laughs> He's so dumb. He's so His, dumb. It's, it's wild. He has... And he has like no grasp on reality anymore. I don't think like there are little things he does. Like I believe the next clip where I'm like, Oh, he's, tr- this is him trying to be self-deprecating. I think the dark night. Yeah. I believe this is Brendan trying to be self-deprecating kind of in like a stuttering John way where it's like, he pays himself a compliment by saying, I'm sorry. He insults himself by saying, Hey, someone else paid me a compliment. Aren't they dumb? Huh? <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy that they thought this? <laughs> they saw, someone said I was the best comic they've ever seen. How stupid are they? Right? <laughs> well, then he'd be right. But if anything, it can work against you because like, I, I always say this, like people say, you know, get to one of your big director friends, hook you up. Hey, Here's how it works. You write a script. It takes two years, three years, uh-huh. maybe. Yeah. Then you finally get financing. There's one role that was written specifically. There's a. Oh, if I may again, I forgot that. how far off. I thought I just clipped the him, the the actual comment that he makes. Mm-hmm. I forgot how far off Brendan is in this clip yet again, <laughs> where these two guys, like you know, whatever you think of Callan, he's been a working actor or was a working actor for a long time. I don't know what happened that stopped that. Something happened. I can't remember. Um, and Chet Hanks, I've seen him in a couple of things. He was in Your Honor, and he was in um, Shameless, and he was pretty good in those. Like, he, I think he's a pretty good actor. So you're talking to like two working actors that know what it's like, and what they're asking Chet about here is, like, people think that you're getting opportunities because of your dad. In some ways, that actually works against you because people have, you know, their mindset on what a certain role is. When they see you, they might be like, oh, this is Tom Hanks's kid and not think you fit the role. So that's what they're talking about. And then you'll see where Brendan takes it. Oh, and that's, that decision is made by committee. You walk in that room, you've got to win that group over. Yeah. And yeah. so the, I don't give a fuck who you are. You're competing with everybody in the world, everybody best in Ireland, the best. the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So you go in there, they have an idea, the writer, the director, they, the producers all have an idea. It might be a different idea, but it's the person that walks in the room and, and is undeniable where they all go, fuck, I didn't, he changed my mind. Yeah. I thought the role was this, but it was it. Yeah. That's the person that gets There's the role. There's so many moving pieces. Yeah, but, but I remember you know, when Batman yeah. was coming out, my mom called me. She didn't know Hollywood. She's like, I just don't understand why you're not the next Batman. I was like, <laughs> click. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. It, it, it's, uh, it's a lot. And, it, and Shut you know, up, mom. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> mom, you're so embarrassing. That bombed hard in the room, too. It really did. <laughs> Chet was just moving on. And the greatest thing about this clip is it makes me think like, I... Can't believe I'm saying this. I would like to hear a one-on-one interview with Brian Callen and Chet Hanks. I would love it. <laughs> like it might actually be really interesting. It might be. Honestly, any podcast that uh, he's on, if it was just the other guy and the guest, it would probably be pretty good shows. And then he, Brendan comes in 
like a, you know, an attention seeking five-year-old and just stomps all over it. <laughs> like someone finding bubble wrap laying on the ground. Brendan comes in and just doof, 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 this show all is, over the place. This show is so fucking popular too. Like <laughs> it's wild how popular it is. Although if you go on Reddit, it's not, you might see that uh, people are listening with the same ear that we are, you know, that's true. I think people are listening for uh, different motives sometimes, but yeah, it is. It's insanely popular. Um, you know, whether or not we get it, they've, they've done a tremendous job building up an audience, but it's like, uh, Brian is asking this ve- very succinct question. Hey, Hollywood has, you know, one idea of what you are. People think that might benefit you, but in some ways it can hold you back uh, because they don't see you fitting the role. They, their mind isn't open to it. And Brendan's interpretation of what that question is, is like, yeah, my mom thinks I should be Batman. <laughs> she doesn't know Hollywood. Yeah. And then he thinks he's going to relate like, right, guys, is my mom dumb? <laughs> Imagine if I, I, I want him to be Batman so fucking bad now. The trashing he does of his mother, like we've broken down clips of his stand up and shit where he talks about his mom. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you're calling Brendan a bro, it's so accurate because it's literally it's fucking, you know, Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers, like (laughs) just complete disrespect of this poor woman that probably did everything, probably babied him his entire life. I like the idea of Batman as Brendan Schaub. He sees the bat symbol. He's like, I got to go see Commissioner Gordon, Papa. Oh, what do you think? What do you think that is, bro? What do you think they're shining that for? Oh, for real? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to touch the Joker's hips, dude. Joker, <laughs> fucking come on, guy. What's your deal? You need to chill out, bro. You want to eat some pico de gallo? <laughs> yeah. So I saw the Joker the other day and he was like, hey, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I would work in the Dark Knight. I think there were a few Asian characters. He could have done that voice. Not the Joker. <laughs> he saw that his jacket was made in China, so he just thought he talked like that. They they think I can't fuck with the Riddler. What are they doing, guys? <laughs> that would be, actually be fucking great. If this was, is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. I, his mom is onto something. He's calling her a dumb bitch. Yeah, he's I a, think Mrs. Schaub <laughs> knows how it knows what sells. <laughs> the whole thing with the Riddler, though, is it's based on Batman solving the riddles, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> they go somewhere. I think, I think what he means is that Tom Hanks sticks out like a sore thumb in movies. <laughs> he thinks he solves a riddle, goes to the location, he thinks, and then on the other side of town, you see a giant explosion. <laughs> yeah. I think he means uh, Brian's retarded. Is that what this riddle means? <laughs> bro, I'm going to figure this out, bro. <laughs> I wish. If you think people criticized uh, Christian Bale's Batman voice. <laughs> <laughs> If, oh yeah, guy. <laughs> Do you like my Batma whip? What do you mean, B? <laughs> Brian Cowan's ob- Alfred A. <laughs> Brian Cowan's obviously Robin. 
<laughs> Rogan is just uh, Morgan Freeman's character. <laughs> Rogan's the Riddler because they can't get through to him. <laughs> what do you mean it's a joke? <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like uh, uh, the riddles, the riddles that Rogan leaves are just protein powder recipes. <laughs> this is Mrs. Schaub knows how to put asses in the seats. I need this to happen so. She's bad. raised a guy that will half fill, laugh Boston, but she knows how to get people into a theater. <laughs> this, is, this is a brilliant idea. This is a great idea. Ah. <sighs> uh. Fuck. Do you want to come to my truck? <laughs> <laughs> Can I walk you back to the Batmobile? <laughs> you know, I got this role because I, I saved the kid on the highway once. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, you have two choices. Save Harvey Dent or save Annie Letterman. <laughs> He's on his fucking motorcycle. <laughs> It cuts to him with Harvey Dent. <laughs> We're like, oh shit, he chose Harvey. <laughs> she talks shit, bro. <laughs> Kalila's the villain. <laughs> uh, she's Catwoman. <laughs> I understand you've been making fake accounts on Reddit. <laughs> Turns out that seems to be kind of true. <laughs> I'm still team Shab in that. Well, it, it's, he's the good guy, so it has to be true. That's true. He's the hero that we all needed. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm pretty sure like people will start digging up the her talking about being a sleuth on the internet. Yeah, and it just keeps coming. I'm like, yeah, see, he's right. <laughs> Kalila sucks. Oh boy, that boy, do I want that movie to happen? <laughs> We're going to go into the tiger belly of the beast. <laughs> I, I love the idea of now, uh, instead of Rogan, Bobby Lee being the Riddler. <laughs> because he would do the accent that Schaub wants to impersonate. Yeah, he's going to do No, he's going to talk like he normally does, but he's going to be like, what do you get when you mix two? Just- yeah. Bobby's like, hey, I've got a riddle for you to solve. And Brendan's like, I can't understand this guy. <laughs> I need a translator. I didn't play in English riddle. I don't get what you're saying, Baba. I had a trainer that spoke like you once. <laughs> Here's a great joke about him. It's a family guy flashback to his set. <laughs> The movie, after he saves uh, Harvey Dent, there's a 10-minute bit about how he has a mountain lion in his backyard. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is what they're closing with? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, the bat, the ba- Brendan's going to be like, yeah, I'll take the role, but only if, if uh, the cup size on the bat suit is gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of hours they would spend talking about how that suit makes his package look. <laughs> and by the way, don't think I don't understand that we were making fun of them riffing for a long time and then doing five minutes on this. We don't have a guest sitting here <laughs> waiting <laughs> and, ma- and making fun of him directly to his face. <laughs> yeah. Brendan's not sitting here like, all right, guys, are you done? If Shab was here, it would be like, 
Yeah, man, you could be Batman. <laughs> I think you should be Batman, actually. Like, I, mean, I think you, I mean, you're hotter than Christian Bale, for sure. Yeah, you got better abs. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I think you're a better actor. Honestly, no one's going to get distracted by the cauliflower ear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see ladies just falling all over you. You look good in a suit. Uh, you already act be, like a billionaire. Oh, I honestly hope I never get to interview Brendan Shaw because everyone would just realize what a pussy I am. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't get what everyone gives you shit for. I think you're really funny. <laughs> <laughs> if it was over Zoom, I could handle it. But if we're in the same room, you're seeing me turtle. He'll find you, though, do clearly. Yeah, so. <laughs> yo, I'll be I'll be getting litigation for sure. I'll be filing suit. <laughs> that blind guy and that pink fuck. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Brendan, I think uh, Shane Gillis kind of stole your act. Actually, is that's <laughs> you know I think you you're kind of the funny bro guy. You know, you have introspective takes that people wouldn't expect you to have. I remember hearing Fox News dad come out of Brendan Schaub's mouth five years before Shane put it out. I know. Yeah. Brendan was the friend. And then, yeah. But here's how magnanimous Brendan is. He's like, you know what? He can just have it. Material. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I threw that shit out. Yeah. So I was done with it anyways. No big deal. Like Louie with uh, Dennis Leary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we have another shop clip, by the way. <laughs> we got like three more, dude. Oh, we do really. Uh, let me check. We have which one is this? Uh, two we more. At least one. Two, we more. Have two more. What's the next one? Mob boss. Oh, this is. <laughs> I mean, so uh, Hank. I mentioned uh, Chet Hanks was in the show Your Honor with Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a really good show. Um, and I thought he was really good in it. And he's talking about auditioning for the role of the mob boss's son, which he did not get ultimately. He explains that in this clip. Uh, but he did. He auditioned for it. They brought him into the room and watched him read for this part, which would be odd if Brendan's question made any sense. <laughs> If you might play, like, for example, like with Your Honor, right? I had a recurring role in Your Honor with Brian Cranston on a, on a Showtime. And the role I auditioned for uh, was the role. I like how he says that, like, just so you know, Brendan, don't cut me off. I'm talking here. <laughs> Is it an important show? Please let me finish. <laughs> Walter White, does that settle you down for a minute? I'm talking about a famous guy. Yes, the guy that threw the pizza on the roof. Yeah. Boss's son. Who like just gets out of prison? He's kind of like the villain, the outlaw. That's the that's the <laughs> no, Brendan, stop! And I fucking stop him. saying outlaw. Did he just plows over it? Listen to this. He goes the outlaw. He, he wants so badly Chet Hanks to walk out of here and be like, "Hey, Brendan, before I go, you got a merch guy? I'm thinking of making outlaw T-shirts." <laughs> he wants so bad for him not to be a top ten UFC fighter, so we can fuck him up. I think. <laughs> That's the that's the role I auditioned for, and I and I fucking crushed it. And they were like, uh, half of the people wanted me to uh, play that role, but at the end of the day, I didn't get it because I just don't. Hold look on one like- second. Just, I want you to keep in mind because I, I can't impress upon you enough how absurd this question is. Half the people wanted Chet to have this role. The room was divided. They'd say they said ah, I think some said I think Chet is perfect for this part. Others said, I'm not sure I see it. So just keep that in mind when Brendan poses this question. <laughs> I didn't get it because I just don't look like 
the uh, the 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 actor who plays the father, Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah, I just don't, don't look, look like, like I could be related oh, to him. Right? No, he just has dark hair. <laughs> he's got brown eyes. You know what I'm saying? I'm like blue. Yeah. Eyes. <laughs> is, is he black? <laughs> I just love thinking of a room of like the director and the producers and the head writer sitting like, I just can't put my finger on it, but why don't we want him to play Don Cheadle's son? <laughs> just, I can't figure it out. There's something about this guy that just doesn't fit that role. So player, I'm the head of the Gambino family. <laughs> <laughs> he talks like him. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, this, this was a phone interview at first. That's why he got it. <laughs> was he black? Brendan, why would they make him audition for that role? <laughs> also, the mob didn't tip you off to what race the guy might be? Yeah, uh, a WAP. <laughs> oh boy uh, Michael K. Williams replacing Tony Soprano <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Wire and the Soprano switch cast out just never explained <laughs> yeah. no he was next in line <laughs> <laughs> um, this last one is called Dad Gets It yeah, I think his father, where his mom was a little more, I didn't quite understand Brendan's standing in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. She evidently knows that he does stand-up comedy and fought in the UFC and said, why don't they have you play Batman? Which, I'm, first of all, I'm sure is a question that happened, <laughs> but a very astute one at that. No, he was just trying to get the idea out there. Yeah, I think his father has a little more perspective on what, Brendan's career turned out to be. So what I do? He, yeah. he he told somebody my brother's with him at lunch the other day, and he uh, someone was like, "Hey, someone moved to Hollywood, right? It's going well for him." He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "What's he doing?" I goes, "I think he's like an Instagram influencer." My brother's like, "Jesus Christ!" And when I shot my first special for Showtime, big deal. My dad didn't come. Two days later, he cut flies out of here. We're walking with my grandkids, or with his grandkids, and we're walking down the mall. And he goes, "I forgot to ask, how'd your speech go the other night?" <laughs> That's what the audience asked too. <laughs> I think everyone gets drugged on the way into one of his shows. Uh, this is an interesting speech. <laughs> it's a great speech. Yeah. His take on Asian American relations was a little odd, but Oh man. I just want <laughs> I just want to like write a script about Brendan Shaw being, <laughs> being Batman now. I do, I do like the idea of the dad just like I can't endure this. <laughs> what if we went to the 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 creators of like scary movie and said Batman? But Brendan Schaub has to be Batman. Right. Like they did that superhero movie with, I think it was like Drake Bell was the star, which that's not happening now. That's a little problematic. So we're going to need a new hero. Well, if they did Batman with Brendan Schaub and it was just <laughs> the whole, the whole premise of the movie was he couldn't solve the riddles uh, puzzles <laughs> is so funny. Here's the problem. That would be. The greatest comedy of all time, if Brendan understood why it was funny. If they gave him enough money, he would do it. <laughs> I don't think he would. Because I, well, put it this way I don't think he would get. The problem is to act in that role. Like if you were just filming Brendan trying to act as Batman, mm -hmm. that's, then it's funny. Right. But if you make it a comedy, I don't know if Brendan could pull that off 
because he would need to be the hero. He'd be like, I don't get why. Why does my character not solve this? No, it would be so funny. It would be so funny. Uh, so they, they film a take, I don't know, like 12, 13 times when the riddle is like literally like three plus one. Yeah. So he's like nailing it, nailing it. And then put the real thing you want in. That's just like, oh, that's like everyone gets it except for him. And he's having trouble with it and be like, that's oh, just for the outtakes. Yeah, give it to us this way, just so we have it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, just so we have. It. We're probably not going to use it, just so we have it. <laughs> Don't give him the heads up, though. Let him solve it. Like that's that's the movie is him solving riddles. <laughs> uh, gee, I mean, like him letting Annie Letterman die. The mob is the mob boss. Black. No. Just that dramatic Batman music. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. No, he goes. It's every black guy. He's like you and the mob. Yeah, that's great. Brendan as Batman. <laughs> Takes down the wrong and innocent black man. Because <laughs> he thinks he's in the Italian mob. Because he didn't understand. Yeah. And you know, you know, when people like uh, when you're like not sure if you see if you see someone, you know, in public, you like say their name. Uh, yeah. yeah. You'd be like, uh, Ben, and see if they look or something. Yeah. <laughs> if he, he was just sitting there like in his bat suit and a black guy walks by. He's like, Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> if, the yeah. guy, if the guy looks, he beats the shit out of him. <laughs> hey, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just goes, Omerta. <laughs> Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> hmm? Like uh, Seinfeld at Tim Watley's party. <laughs> Are you a dentist? <laughs> Are you a dentist? <laughs> uh. Oh, boy. It's going to be hard to go into rape after this. <laughs> well, we still have plenty we could hold off. <laughs> we got OJ and Segura still also. <sighs> okay. Yeah, you're not pressed for time or anything? No. All right, let's play... Uh, yeah, let's cleanse the palate with a little juice. <laughs> because I think... Uh, oh, I didn't even realize what I did there. I'm as dumb as Brenton. <laughs> uh, so, OJ was on with the Nelk Boys. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that correctly? Yep. The creators of Happy Dads, which, by the way, are a refreshing beverage if you're looking for a good seltzer. I actually do enjoy them, uh, but podcasters, they're not great necessarily, or at least interviewers. This is the only episode I've listened to, uh, but they had the juice on and they got a lot of press because they asked OJ about the murders. This is also and, the the people that uh, interviewed Trump and it got like smoked, like they just got deleted everywhere. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think. Isn't uh, this, um, uh, what's his face? Bob Menner used to be on this. Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know this world well enough. I'm not sure. Mm. But I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had OJ on and the clips that went viral were them at the very end. They ask him about the murders and OJ, like a very innocent person, says, we're not talking about that. I, I, plead, okay. the I plead the fifth. I mean, uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he seems very innocent. And those those clips are pretty funny. But there were things that I found funnier in them. Like OJ just <laughs> talking about his time in prison. So we just have a couple of clips to kind of give you a, a feel for, and by the way, the first hour and a half of this, OJ is laughing it up. He's loving it. Oh, are these guys, is he having fun with the boys until they asked him about the murders when he got out of there pretty quickly. 
Um, credit to these guys for asking because I guess the they stressed like absolutely do not ask this. Um, and good for them, they did. They not the best that the best equipped to handle it, but also like the best equipped to handle it aren't getting OJ, you know. Mm. Um, so like Mark Marin, I don't think is getting OJ Simpson, you know. No. So, uh, uh, but they had some fun in the first hour and a half. So let's hear a little bit of that. What was it like? Uh, it, it was, you know, prison is different than jail. You know, hold yeah. on one second. Jail is horrible. Let me just set it up a little bit. Uh, so as you can hear there, he's talking about his time in jail and uh, the media reports it one way. You're, we did not realize what a peacemaker OJ was in the in the big house. <laughs> so that's what he's going to tell us about. If you ask me, right? Prison in the prison where I was at, it was called Love Locked. It was a couple of unusual things. One, it was uh, probably more whites than there were blacks and Hispanics combined. Uh, it was unusual in that probably 70% of the People there were there for some kind of sex crime, you know? So I don't know what that says about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are pedophiles. But uh, it was, you know, guys would all come up and they choose, you know, because most of the guys felt I shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. And they felt they would have punched the guys or done something with, with the guys. But I would tell them, look, man, I'm just going to do my time. I'm here to do my time. And I, you know, I'm not asking you why you're here. Uh, I don't want to talk about why I'm here. I just want to do my time and go home. Uh, it was um, for me because uh, early on, things, a couple of things that happened uh, where I ended up have, had to mediate some stuff. <laughs> going on with like other people. In- well, you know, you, you, you know, in, in prison, you got Serenios, you got Nartaniels. Uh, Bowie knife or Katana. Uh, you got, ADH, you got A Dubs. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? Like gangs, gang gangs. Yeah, A Dubs is uh, Aaron Warriors, the dub. So, so you know the uh, Aryan Brotherhood and whatever fucking gang that you know the Latin Kings are going at it, and OJ gets in the middle and says, "Boys, boys, boys, <laughs> can we not settle this with our words? <laughs> not today, fellas." <laughs> I love OJ mediation in prison. Guys, put your fists down. <laughs> There's a simpler way to solve this. Um, yeah, Bob Menery did leave this show. He's not on it anymore. What a shame. Maybe could have asked a few succinct questions. Possibly. I'm surprised that he's. I thought he was like the reason it was anything to begin with. But uh, this is a this is something I enjoyed as well. Uh, as much as I love the image of OJ mediating gang violence in prison stepping in and saying hey violence is not the answer fellas yeah okay oj <laughs> by, by the way you can really tell oj learned his lesson because he's going they're asking him about prison and he's like i should never should have been in there all i did was take my stuff back i never threatened anybody there's a video of him pulling a gun on a guy in a hotel room <laughs> that's why that's like my favorite from uh, me doing stand-up when he's like uh yeah People talking about OJ being innocent, and he takes his stuff back and gets six continuous life sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's like it's a funny bit, but it's also like 
I hate to pull a gun on someone and threaten them. <laughs> you know, there were kidnapping charges for a reason, but yeah, that part gets uh, often swept under the rug. OJ's like, what possible issue could you have with me taking my stuff back? It's like, well, mostly the illegal firearm that was drawn. <laughs> it was probably like put up for auction by somebody else. Uh, so yeah, he, he, uh, this is an equally fun image to him separating the gangs and uh, talking some sense into him. I thought this image was just as enjoyable. Gay, how, how's like serious was this taken? Like very, very yeah, serious. Sounds like yeah. Oh, they're talking. I'm sorry. They're talking about uh, OJ coached the softball league. So, I mean, there's speaking of movies, if we're writing scripts, there's an amazing, um, you know, longest yard version of this <laughs> to be made with OJ coaching the prisoners to greatness. Well, baseball league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the basketball too and soccer, but this is softball. And, um, you know, I talked my guys and come on, man, we're going to play this, uh, this game. And in the seventh inning of the seventh game, we won the game. And- By the way, how many people like in his camp are off camera surrounding this? Like, this is going pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like at the end, these guys are kind of patting themselves on the back for asking about the murders. Mm hmm. And the kid goes, you know, I, I was sitting next to him, but I was willing to get stabbed or shot to, for this question. And I was like, yeah, OJ's going to do that on camera. Yeah. <laughs> the guy got away with two murders. He knows what he's doing. And you would see this group of, hey, let's face it, murderers, rapists, you know, robbers, running to the mound, jumping up and down like, like literally 12-year-olds. <laughs> These guys were so happy. And it was an interesting day because the the system, the jail system knew it. They brought the guys over from what they call um, uh, uh, high-intensity, uh, you know, the protected guys. They brought that yard over, and they stood at attention. So the entire prison was watching this game. This is kind of crazy. So I just love the longest yard image where the yeah. ju- juice is getting carried out by, as he put it, murderers and rapists. Yeah, those are my people. Oh, geez, like it was just great to see them have a day, you know, yeah. finally stop focusing on the murdering and raping that they did for a few moments. Just enjoy the weather and play a little ball. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, mm. I recommend that. Not, like, it wasn't a good interview, but I recommend it if you just like studying someone like OJ. It's it's fascinating to hear him just kind of have a casual conversation about football. Like, here's an example of how good the interviewing skills were on these guys. After that, like he says, he won the uh, championship for his softball league. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, one of the kids asks. Uh, would you say that was better than winning the Rose Bowl? <laughs> and OJ goes, no. <laughs> Are you more proud of this than the Heisman? Uh, no. It was hilarious because a guy like OJ, you almost expect to be like, you know, it really rivaled that for me. Like, just play up his great. But he was like, no, obviously not. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Um, um all right should we should we go to segura before we do this delete stuff uh sure all right this is real quick i just wanted to talk about this because i think it's funny we saw tom segura with quentin tarantino 
And now I'm wondering if Tom is a guy we should kind of keep an eye on because I've seen his Reddit starting to turn on him a little bit. I'm starting to not like what I'm seeing. Have you listened to this clip yet? I saw it before you sent it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which one? The one with uh, Christina or Bert? Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to both of them. It seems like unless he's, unless he's playing a character here or something, which is not out of the realm of possibility completely. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe we're the idiots and we're not getting it. I'm fully aware of that. Very but, possible. But um, it seems like he's losing touch with his audience pretty rapidly. And it also seems like he's creating a straw man argument to combat these complaints. Like people are saying, hey, boy, Tom's really losing touch. The complaint that I've seen is, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are reaching out to Tom and saying shit that I'm not aware of. But what I've seen on the internet is basically like Tom and Bert just talk about like these expensive watches that they buy and like fucking race cars that they're like, I just have no interest in it. Like they're just flaunting their money and it's not interesting to me. That's the main complaint that I've seen. Now, I I don't even necessarily agree with that. Like, so I think rich guy stories can be very interesting, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think like, I'm not necessarily a diehard fan of either one of these guys, but like I followed Tom for a long time and it's kind of cool to see him be successful now. So I don't even necessarily agree with that take, but I understand where it comes from. It seems like Tom doesn't understand where that comes from. And he has created a complete straw man argument here. Tom Tom was one of my favorites for a while. He was, I thought he was going to be the next Louis kind of like he had that vibe to me. And as far as like popularity, He's not that far off, but just as like strictly comedy, he's not really going. His focus seems to be elsewhere, and I think that's what the complaint is, kind of. Uh, is this the one with Bert that you wanted? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, I don't have them labeled. Yeah, oh, can I just say this real quick? Yeah, <laughs> I just every time we talk about like a watch or a car, <laughs> I'll get us uh, like a, a bunch of messages from losers that. <laughs> That try to tell me that mm-hmm. I'm I'm making them feel bad about their situation. You're in control of your own situation and your own feelings. So don't put it on me that you feel bad that I have something that. So again, oh, but, uh, hold on. Maybe he's playing a character, but doesn't he sound so angry here? Yeah. Up until right there when he stops and looks at the camera, which is his new thing. Yeah. Um. I thought Wait, he was, let me break the fourth wall for a second. Yeah, no, like when he's like a bunch of losers, I was still like he's joking, but when he gets serious and stern and looks at the camera, like he sounds like, real angry here. Yeah. Like, it, like you know, when his kids are old enough, this is how they're going to get a talking to when they you know, sneak beers into the basement or something. Right. I, I'm struggling with rent this month. Figure it the fuck out. Okay. Like, don't make my life be a problem for your life. If you don't like it, Guess what? You're not going to be able to control what people talk about. People are going to talk about things that you don't have for the rest of your fucking life. So you can decide like, okay, I won't. Fine. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to that person anymore. But you have to control your own feelings. Okay. It's not on other people to make sure they don't. I'm getting very stern vibes, Mm -hmm. meaning Howard Stern, when he started to resent his audience. Yep. That's what I'm feeling here. And again, I could the joke could just be sailing over my head. But if he's being real here, then he, A, isn't connecting with his audience, and B, resents them greatly. 
because the, you know, quote unquote losers that he's talking about is the vast majority of his audience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you go to an arena, it's not a highfalutin place. Right. When uh, it's Tom Segura night there, you know what I mean? Like it's mostly guys that look like Bert and Tom, but don't have the means that they do, you know? Right. So this scolding that he's also people aren't saying, Hey, you again, the people that I've seen are not saying you shouldn't be allowed to talk about your wealth and success. What they're saying is when you and Bert go off on a watch that you paid 30 grand for, for 20 minutes, I personally do not give a fuck and I am your listener. I'm consuming your product. I don't care about this topic. It's not interesting to me. Uh, they're called fucking losers, Mike. They're evidently losers. Yeah. If you don't care about the watch a guy is wearing, <laughs> let me text Dave Portnoy. Ask how the watch business is going. Doesn't seem to be going great. Uh, this is the second clip. Oh, okay. So wait, there are people in this world that when they see fancy things on screen, they yeah, they feel terrible. Yeah, of course. Oh, good. Well, pause for Are you talking? I do love Bert is not losing touch with his audience. Not at all. He has a childlike wonderment. Wait, so there are people that will never you mean to tell me. Yeah, that will never happen with with Bert. I don't think it doesn't seem like it. No, because, you know, the difference, I think, is Bert was always a guy who wanted to be famous and wanted to be you know, for lack of a better term, an attention whore, you know? Right. And liked. Yeah. He wanted all those things. Whereas I think like this is, it seems like kind of a shit. Tom seems like an introvert. So flaunting all this stuff seems like almost outside of his comfort zone, which I think people pick up on. Like it doesn't seem natural that Tom is flaunting all this shit and he's resentful of the people that are picking up on that. About a, a nice car. I don't have a nice car and, and I'm struggling right now. It's like, all right, you, you think people should stop talking about cars? Yeah. One more thing I got to tell to people who are like, because I was thinking no, about I this think, too. Tom, I think, I think what people are saying is when you never talked about cars when you were poor or didn't have a lot of money, you did not build up an audience that is interested in cars. <laughs> Right. You didn't build up an audience that has any fucking interest in you souping up your expensive vehicles. No one gives a fuck. Whereas Rogan did. Rogan would talk about that stuff forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like you built up an audience by playing uh, videos of mentally ill homeless people and making fun of them. So now when you're like, I paid 30 grand for this watch, people are like, who cares? Get back to the funny, you know, get back to the silly stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he's going through something, or if it, it doesn't or, seem like that. It's weird. Or is this a giant troll and we're just eating it? That could be. That's impossible. what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's what has me hesitant about this. Is he is the type of guy? So I'll tell you why I don't think it. Well, let's play this clip and then I'll tell you why I don't think it is. <laughs> like I love this part of you. I listen, love this part of you. I, uh, I I was the same way that you were when I was broke. I I never got mad. As yeah. somebody who was like, here's my 911 or here's my Rolex, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'd watch the video. Like, oh, that's awesome. I hope I can get that. You know? yeah. or I'm, but did I you go out of your stuff. way to listen to it? <laughs> yeah. That's what people are talking about, Tom. <laughs> right. Did you seek out podcasts that specifically talked about that a lot? That's what people are criticizing for. And again, I don't listen to this show every week. Like, I like these guys when I hear them, but I don't listen all the time. I used to, but once uh, they started like not being together every week, I fell off. Yeah, and that was that's the other complaint I see a lot. But um, 
Yeah, I think it's more a relatable thing. People are like, hey, we don't, we just don't give a fuck. Go, go for it. Have a, have a fucking mansion in Austin. Have all the toys you want, jet skis and all the cool shit. That's great. Good for you. But we just don't care about it. We're not interested in listening to it, you know? Right. Like, I'm sure Tom wouldn't resent uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk going over their riches. But would he subscribe to a podcast with those two? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, so this is him on your mom's house. And the one thing, the reason I said I don't think it's a bit. Oh, you want me to play the next clip? Or you know what? Now that I'm even thinking about yeah. Um, even now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it is a bit based on this uh, conversation he has with Christina. Because one thing he does say is that I'm, I'm conflicted on what I'm about to say, basically. Uh, but what he's, one thing he says to Christina is like, that he used to tweet stuff purposely like offensive or that he knew would get, you know, outrage of some kind on Twitter. And he phrased it as like shaking out the weak, which I think is like kind of a smart thing to do. Like, uh, you know, filtering the people that aren't your real, that are going to be offended by something. Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense. He says that's what he did with this two bears rant. He says he's shaking out the weak. But my argument to that would be like, you're, you're misunderstanding what they're saying. These are people that are outraged. These are people that have consumed your product forever and saying, we're not relating to it anymore. I was bothered because I just, I don't like hearing, I don't like hearing the excuses. Uh, you know, the, what, it, what it extends to also it reminds me of, uh, to me, this has a direct correlation also with uh, health and fitness. Yes. Because what happens is, you know, Again, my whole life, people around me, around? it's very easy to go like, um, I, you know, I want to work out and then you go, yeah, but, but nah, there's a, but there's always a, but I'm yeah. tired or this is, you know, I don't feel like it today. Like there's always an excuse, right? Yeah. Then I found that the latest thing, this I, was unexpected. So there's always, people always have excuses for why they can't. Mm -hmm. I can't, I got things to do. I can't, I, this is why I can't eat healthy. This is why I can't work out. So I started to take fitness more seriously, I'd say in the last year, you know? And so some people notice and they go, uh, you know, congratulations, or that's great. You know, keep going. Like they positive. And then you always find some people who go, uh, must be nice. And right. you're like, what must be nice? And they're like, I mean, must be nice that you can afford to, uh, you know, go to the gym. And like, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So right. is your position that only people with money are into fitness right, and take care of themselves. Because I can point to you, I can point you towards a hundred more people I know that don't have money that take their health oh. and fitness very seriously. What about guys in prison? Some of them look real fit. Yeah. Those guys don't have trainers. And guess what? <laughs> Nothing. Christina you trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're trying to say here. Yeah, that's what the whole point of this is. <laughs> Get arrested and go to prison and lose weight. <laughs> Christina doing everything she can to keep it funny. But that, that seemed like a weird angle that came out of nowhere. It's like, now it's a fitness thing. And now because you're in good shape, you're going to lecture people on it. And also, yeah, those people are dicks. The must be nice people. Mm -hmm. Those people are assholes. Or they're just annoying to be, not even assholes, but like annoying to be around. But again, why, who are you talking about? That Because that's not what anyone's doing to you. No one's saying must be nice, Tom. Pretty much everyone on a very successful podcast like that has more money than their audience. Right. You know what I mean? Like 
Shane Gillis has a shit ton more money than everyone that subscribes for the most part to their Patreon. But yeah. you wouldn't necessarily know that. You know, you gotta what I mean? say like ninety eight percent probably. Yeah, yeah. But you would you would know that by listening because it's not. He's not like oh my god, and even like. He'll talk about shit getting more successful. He talks about going out with Rogan and that Kanye's texting him shit like that. No one has a problem with that. But he also talks about how he still loves his Chevy Cruze. Well, but not even that. I'm not even saying you have to be relatable in that way. What I'm saying is when he brings up Kanye or Joe Rogan, that's of interest to the listener. Right. (laughs) Whereas saying like, guys, the amount that I spent on this watch would have your accountant's head spinning. I started getting like weirded, not weirded out, but I was like, all right, dude. Like they would start. It's uncomfortable how angry he is. Yeah. But like Bert and uh, Tom would start either buying gifts or doing pranks on each other and spending so much money. Just Yeah. And that's weird too, where it's like, you're purposely wasting money on a thing that like you're doing it for the audience, but I don't think the audience cares about this. Like, oh, Tom spent $100,000 that apparently he has on a birthday gift. Yeah, right. So why am I buying the fucking live show that they're half-assing, you know? Yeah, and he just challenged... Because you know, that's the other the complaint that I saw is like, YMH just did a live stream that you have to pay for, and people felt like they half-assed it, which I didn't watch it. I have no idea. But that's what people are complaining about more than how successful you are. And, and uh, Tom, I think he just challenged some random weatherman to a game of one-on-one. That was kind of funny, though. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Like, see, like, that's why he still has his humor left. You know? No, no, no. It was wicked funny. And then he goes, I'll donate 50 grand. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, that's, but that's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the ability to do that. Well, it's like the shit that, like, well, the, does, the funny The funny part was him saying, if I win... You have to film a video that I approve yeah. of yeah. <laughs> and, and post it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But like based on that stuff, maybe he's not losing touch. But it's something the, the main reason I wanted to play it is because keep an eye on it. Because there's a chance if we're interpreting this right, there may be a break coming soon. So just keep an eye out. I hope not. I hope not. I hope, I? I hope I'm just eating the trash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ideally, we're being fooled on this one. But who be knows? Nice. It'd be nice. All right. Now, Chris D'Elia time. Oh, yeah. We're at, we're at uh, hour 25. Always good to close with sexual assault allegations. Uh, so I admitted on this program very early on in its infancy, back in February of 2021. Do you remember? I was a guy who used to defend Chris D'Elia and say, it doesn't seem like there's anything here with some of these allegations. And then I changed my tune when he came out with that awful apology Mm -hmm. where he's like, you know what, America, it was like Kevin Spacey. He came out and said, you know what gang, you got me. I've been cheating on my girlfriends. (laughs) Well, people were calling you a pedophile, Chris. I'm not sure you're grasping what the issue was here. (laughs) And when I listened to that horseshit apology, do you, am I, am I hyping this up too much or do you remember me saying this as well? We did a I couple, said, we did a couple shows on this. I said something ugly is going to come out about this guy. Right. We were talking I about said, him, him and Callan. I said that I was wrong and some shit is going to come out about him. He's definitely guilty Yep. <laughs> because this apology was too weird to be from an innocent man. There's something weird going on with Chris D'Elia. Uh, so since then, Kyle Anderson, who's uh, an unknown comedian, 
I think he does work at the comedy store, but he's not someone you would know. He said he has less than 500 Twitter followers. uh, So he's not a name of any kind, but he made a great documentary. Now here's the problem with any documentary Mm -hmm. is that I could watch this and have one opinion. And then the issue comes in three months when someone makes a documentary on YouTube, uh, disputing this and has the opposite take. And then I'm like, boy, that seems really convincing. Crystal he is innocent, you know? Right. So that's the tough thing about these, but he has some testimonials. Ooh, so that are not, not pretty, only pretty damning. He has testimonials and phone conversations. Too. Yeah. That are, that are pretty damning. And again, you know, maybe th- there's a context to them that we aren't aware of, but based on Chris's behavior, uh, I'm inclined to believe a lot of what's in this documentary. Um, he, he, the he guy's kind of funny. He even goes as far as like to dare Chris to sue him. So like, it's interesting. And they have not only uh, girls come out with accusations, they have interviews uh, over the phone with them and things, but they also have his former tour manager come out who was good friends with Crystalia for a long time right. and left because he kind of had an idea of NGK realized what was going on with Chris and that it was worse than he knew about. Did he, so, did he leave before it happened? He left when he realized it. he was, uh, it seemed like he had a similar thought process that I would, where it's like, ah, at first he was like, ah, there's nothing, there doesn't seem to be anything here. And then he claimed eventually it got up to 500 allegations. I guess 500 girls came out. Holy fuck. And, you know, the way he kind of broke down the math was, hey, let's say a hundred of them are lying, (laughs) (laughs) which is a big number. That's 20% of them are lying. That's 400 girls that all have the same story. (laughs) Right. You know, so that was the most eye-opening thing. But we'll play it here. Uh, If you like what we're talking about today, I highly recommend you go. It's only an hour. It was very succinct. He got a lot of information out in a 59-minute documentary called the Chris D'Elia problem for free on YouTube. So go check it out, but we'll play a few clips here just to kind of break it down. So you get a feel for what we're talking about. Going to his room. Talk. What was this one? Sorry. I just want to set him up. So what did I, what did I title this? Oh, this is just, well, this basically sets everything up. I'm sorry. This one's called the Chris D'Elia problem. Yeah. 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 So you'll hear uh, one of Chris's victims. Allegedly. Ended up going to his room, talked for a little bit, and then made out for a little bit. And, and all that was well and good, but it was like something in his eyes changed, and he yelled at me to get on the floor. And I was like, what? I was just very confused, because it was kind of a 180. And he was like, get on your knees. And I was like, um, can we just stay on the bed? And he's like, no, get on your knees and then he snapped and pointed at the floor this continued and escalated in intensity every time she told him no the first time he said um to get on my knees i was like oh so he's like a dom um i'm just gonna politely decline i was like no can we just stay up here and he's like get on your knees and at first i was like uh i i I guess i was just kind of I mean, this guy's a celebrity, like surely I felt a lot of comfort in thinking that this guy is a celebrity in the Me Too era. Why is he going to want to risk this? 
but each time she declined, he got more and more erratic and aggressive and intense until she was literally afraid for her life. Yeah, well, definitely my heart was pounding. You know, one of those big adrenaline rushes. It, it looked like I had really, really upset him by saying no. It, something about his eyes, it, it, it was, it, he looked evil. I, I, I'm not even trying to sound hyperbolic, but he looked deranged at that <laughs> point. I just grabbed my hoodie and ran out of there. So I just was thankful to get out of there. Despite that, a few weeks later, he messaged me on Snapchat again, asking me to meet him again. So I don't think he even remembered which one I was. So this, to me, completely changed the argument around what Chris D'Elia even did. Because originally, you may remember, it was an, basically a discussion about age of consent. Like the allegations that first came out were kind of like, well, he was fucking 18 and 19 year olds and always made sure they were the right age. So like, is it really that bad? That was the original argument that came out and it resulted in a very funny Francis Ellis song. You may remember about age of consent in different States. Yeah. I will also say though, uh, he was doing that whole shit. It sounded like she just left and he didn't stop her though. You know what I mean? Um, well, there's more allegations. I know. I'm saying, I'm saying this particular one. Sure. But what I'm saying is this to me, when I heard this story changed the argument, because now it's not a matter of, oh, we had consensual sex when I was 18. There's like an, there's an anger and control issue here. Right. That I, what, that wasn't really made, you know, uh, uh, clear to people before. I don't think. Um, the other thing I took away from that clip, does the documentarian sound like Matt from an Island or am I crazy? I'll have to hear him in the next one. I think that's what he's been doing this whole time. That'd be great. Uh, all right. So what's the next clip we got? Blackmail. Yeah. So th this is where it really starts to take a turn. Now, Craig, uh, like a good Blind Mike Project member, automatically took the defense of the man here. But no, I know what's coming, so I know I'm not the, defending I'm not defending all of it. As the clips go on, we'll start to see Chris D'Elia, a pretty bad and manipulative dude. A lot of the girls had his name tattooed on them. Weird. And yep. I didn't quite understand why until he started talking more about their arrangement with Chris. And apparently he would get girls into this arrangement where they weren't allowed to say no to him. How he would accomplish that was with some form of blackmail, whether that be emotional blackmail, like I'm gonna kill myself if you don't do X, Y, Z, or, you know, I'm gonna release your nudes if you don't do X, Y, Z. Which is literally a sex crime, by yes. the way, releasing a new, or I think even threatening to release them. Um, so yeah, he is obviously manipulating these girls and trying to kind of take control of them. The other interesting thing is uh, much like Bill Cosby. And by the way, the tour manager compares him to Bill Cosby. He says, genuinely, I think this, uh, Chris's issue is as big a problem uh, as Bill, what was going on with Bill Cosby. Right. Um, so to compare it to Cosby, you know, the Spanish fly bit that went around where in the show, he's like, uh, you give it to the girls, they get all huggy buggy. Yeah. Um, 
it's similar to that. This guy played a bunch of clips, like a, a lot of clips where Chris D'Elia says, I'm trying to start a sex cult. And where he's talking about other people starting sex cult and saying, actually, that's pretty cool. Which, you know, just given the course of a podcast, you're like, oh, he's joking, obviously. But then with this element added in, you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's not joking so much. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I, I think the smoking gun with Chris D'Elia has always been that amazing clip. You couldn't script it. The, oh. the writers of... The writers of Succession or The Sopranos couldn't script this human interaction as well as when Chris D'Elia dropped his jaw when he found out that you can screen record Snapchats. <laughs> How many times do you not see people like it's, it says whatever, whoever took a picture, whoever screen recorded like it tells you yeah. and he's so um, fucking dumb. Well, so that, that's an interesting thing, too, is like. Um, an argument for Chris was like, oh, these girls started deleting their uh, de- deleting their messages and shit like that. And I think some of that is addressed in the next clip, right? This is the damning one to me. Is This is one about deleting. Yeah. So th- th- it's very damning because part of my, you know, defense at the time early on was like, they made all these, they made these allegations and then deleted their shit two days later. Well, we get a little perspective on what might have happened here. Yeah, I lied to you. I feel like it's more than just like, just lies. Like, that was fucked. Like, you knew what was going on mentally. Like, in so many of the things, like, you manufactured yourself. Like, the situation with, like, I just don't, I don't get it because so many times I asked you, like, like, don't you just want this to be peaceful? Like, don't you just want things to be okay? And you you made the situation what it was, and you knew how fucked up both of us were from it. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I hate that it happened that way. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just... It's nice to hear you. He can't hear me. He's like, he's, it's classic manipulation tactics. He's like trying to sympathize with her and also saying like, it's nice to hear your voice and that type of shit. Yeah. If you're watching along the, uh, the subtitles are on the screen. Okay. YouTube folks. I just don't know what to do from here. Like, (laughs) we can keep talking if you can. And if you don't mind deleting that stuff would definitely help me with people are sending me death threats and shit. I want you to understand that, like, I don't want to delete everything. No, because- I pause for a second. So, and go back just a little bit. But that was on the forefront of his mind. And that's the reason he made this phone call was to right. ask her to delete shit that she posted. She went on, like, kind of a rant on Twitter uh, exposing Chris. And this is, by the way, as we'll find out, I think, like this calendar year, right. this was not that long ago. This was right. long after the apology. Um, and Chris called her, and you know he's playing the sympathetic guy, like, ah, jeez, I'm just sorry. I put. And by the way, uh, would you mind deleting those? Could you, if I could, yeah, jeez, I'm just thinking of this. Could you? Boy, it's so silly. I'm. It's amazing this even crossed my mind. But would you mind deleting those tweets that make me look guilty? <laughs> Can you uh, get rid of those? 
You know, it's so funny. Something you just said, I never would have thought of this in a million years, but something you just said made me remember that it would be really awesome if you deleted the tweets that make me look like I raped you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you sometime. If you don't mind, deleting that stuff would definitely have if you don't mind. me. If people are sending me death threats and shit. I want you to understand that, like, I don't want to delete everything because it's so infuriating to have people tell you that something you experienced, something you went through didn't happen. And having that conversation with Kristen. Wait, 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 wait. What? For those of you who don't know, Kristen. Pause, pause, pause. A couple important things. First and foremost, he does sound a little like Matt from Rhode Island, though. Kind of does a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's him. Anyway, more importantly, he's about to explain what that meant when she said Kristen. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? For those of you who don't know, Kristen is Chris's wife. You're telling me Jasmine's had a conversation with Kristen where she explained the sex cult, the cheating, the underage girls, all of it. And yet Kristen is ignoring it. Allegedly, don't sue me, you fucking, you cowards. <laughs> so, so he's making these girls have conversations with his wife. Like he's getting caught and then he's making these girls have conversations with his wife saying like basically that he didn't do anything. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to spoil it. What's the next clip? The apology video. Yeah. So this is the most damning thing to me and where... I was wrong about a lot of this. I was spot on about this fucking apology. <laughs> I was like, there is something weird there. It is, it's bizarre that he came out and apologized in this manner. So keep an eye on him because this fuck, he's going to fuck up eventually. He definitely, he's, he, and it's funny too, because he's walking around like fucking got away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and literally, that's the arrogance that he has, because listen to what was going on in his life around the time of that apology video that he made uh, like a year and a half ago. So when he put out the apology video, I was so genuinely confused by it because prior to that, everything was back to normal. He was being his regular self and I wrote him about it. He told me point blank, I don't want anything to change. So we were dating as normal, the way that things had been going since the start. Well, just so, a second. Hold on one second. So just to be clear, we were dating. He says, I don't want anything to change. The whole video didn't address the underage stuff or the grooming stuff. What he said was, I've really been working on myself. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for cheating on my girlfriend, now wife. Meanwhile, she refers to it as dating. Like they were dating this entire time. So literally while making that apology video, he had a, at least one side piece. March of 2020 to April of 2022, nothing ever changed. Even when he posted the apology video, I remember watching it and being so lost because I thought at the time, does this mean he is ending things with all his girlfriends? And I wrote him about it and I asked him, like, do you, is this enabling to you? Do you want it to be the kind of thing where we back off and, you know, this is where it ends? And he told me point blank, I don't want anything to change. 
And then when he posted shortly after photo on Instagram with the caption that read, being faithful rips, he was texting his other girls as he posted that. As a regular consumer, as somebody just looking at his post, I would have believed, okay, this is a man who's changed and he's just kind of trying to use humor to make light of his errors, but it completely was just bullshit. Being faithful rips. <laughs> but remember, I, I forget if we specifically talked about it, but I remember that time a lot of people were like, it's bizarre. Why is he posting videos of his kid on TikTok? This is so weird. Because he wasn't like fully back yet. Just out of nowhere, he started posting videos of him and his kid, his newborn on TikTok. And now it seems so, like to those girls, I'm sure it was obvious. It's like, oh, he's trying to fool everyone into thinking he's like a wholesome family man now. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what a bizarre, scary guy. The he, fact, like, uh, the the dichotomy of his personality is genuinely, like, frightening <laughs> that and, a human can behave like that. And the, the the last few years have not been good to him. He looks like fucking shit now. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, this last clip, I would say, is the probably most damning thing of this documentary, The Crystalia Problem on YouTube. Uh, it's his tour manager. And to Craig's point earlier, he was like, uh, Craig was like, did he leave right away? Like, is this a guy just going out for, you know, kind of fame or attention or whatever? Um, To give you a little background on this guy, uh, he worked with Chris, was good friends with him. He was his tour manager. He has since left the business entirely. He has no interest in like making a name for himself here. To me, you know, maybe I'm reading the guy wrong but he genuinely seemed like a guy who just wanted, like realized what happened right under his nose and just wants the truth out there, which is why he cooperated in this documentary. I wonder too, if like his wife's like, like part of their relationship was, she knows about this. I wonder that as well. Cause it's like at a certain point you'd have to be like, I mean, all the time. Oh, you want to hear something hilarious? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but do you know what? Thank God I didn't listen to it. Imagine if I had 10 more clips for today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I haven't listened to it yet. So I assume it was a pre-record. but would you care to guess who Crystalia's guest was on his podcast after this documentary dropped? Um, I have no idea. Mrs. Delia. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So I assume that's going to be a fun one to comb through. Maybe we can get to that next week if it's worth it, but. You can't get guests anymore. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, anyone, and I'm, I'm probably included in this, who was like, hey, Whitney Cummings, what the fuck? You just abandoned your friend like that without talking to him? We're sorry. Whitney, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, the only thing I can blame you for now is not running faster away from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too, you had a light jog going away. It's now, You should have been sprinting from this fucking maniac. Um, yeah, so let's hear his uh, tour manager talk about it. The reporter's email laid out the details of Chris sexually assaulting a girl after a show in Boston. The victim wanted to re- remain anonymous, right? I knew exactly who the girl was. I remember that whole night vividly. As Zach looked over the email, all the details and actions in her story lined up. And the whole story was in that email. Then when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God. 
this happened. <laughs> you know, there were no doubts in my mind that something took place in that room that night, his room that night. And then that was my moment. And I was like, you're a fucking monster. Zach responded to the reporter with all the proof he could to corroborate the girl's story. I responded in full detail, screenshots I had, all that shit. When Chris found out that Zach had told the truth to a reporter, he became furious. I gotta send you that audio message. You made this way worse. This is now a story. It was nothing. And now it's a story. If they weren't gonna publish anything, now they are. Let's just say that the story should have been published. And when it disappears, what does that normally mean? I am 99.98% sure there was no article because there was a settlement. Maybe other settlements as well. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's all it's all pretty damning. It doesn't look good for Chris. I recommend if you're interested in this, going and watching the full hour because there's a lot. They have a tremendous amount of detail in a one-hour documentary. Um, and then this guy, Kyle Anderson goes on to basically say like, for, he goes, I know people are going to say like, I'm, you know, looking for attention or trying to get famous off this or whatever. And to that, I would say, I'm a guy with 500 Twitter followers going up against Brian Callen, Brendan Schaub and Chris D'Elia is probably not a smart move for my comedy career, right. you know, right? which I think makes, does make sense. You know, if, if he's a guy that works at the comedy store, yeah. Uh, I think we know why Theo Vaughn left that show. Oh, good point. Good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Theo Vaughn might have, you know, smelt the... <laughs> smelled danger coming. <laughs> that could have went in several directions. Yeah, boy. And now I wonder... Now you kind of know why he didn't want to be with Schaub and that fucking rough and rowdy thing, you know? Yep. You know, he just cut off all ties. Smart. Um, yeah, so I, Chris D'Elia is a fucking maniac, <laughs> it seems. And I, I take credit for being half right. I was wrong when the story came out because I didn't feel, I felt like everyone immediately was like, this guy's a pedophile without having any evidence of that. And I'm, I wasn't wrong about that. Like we did jump to a pretty harsh conclusion pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but ultimately I was very wrong, uh, you know, in my theory, because the guy was guilty of everything everyone was accusing him of and probably more. Um, but I, I do feel I was at least vindicated when I called out the apology and had the foresight to say, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Toast. Wiping my hands, much like Theo Vaughn. I'm wiping my hands clean of this guy. <laughs> you know, I made the first clip when you sent that because I hadn't seen it. Um, I hit play. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Go watch the whole documentary. It's uh, rough. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, we did a lot today. Sure did. This was a good episode. I, th- I feel like we closed out. This is our last episode of. Well, we'll do Patreon stuff next week, but our last free episode of 2022. Yes, yes, it is. I feel like it's a uh, it's a good one. It was. I enjoyed it. Long covered a lot of ground. Brendan Schaub as Batman needs to happen. Well, that might be my favorite thing we've ever done. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> Folks, spread the word. If you made it this far, you're obviously a fan of the podcast. Tell people, to, even if they hate me or hate the show. Well, you got to at least listen to Brennan Schaub as Batman because it's just good for the world, I think. It'd get What that would do for comedy film. It would rejuvenate would, it. 
would be like nothing. It would be something, you know, Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and Jim Carrey combined never could have done. (laughs) (laughs) Be so great. So, uh, yeah, blindmike.net is where you can tell people to go. If you do want to recommend us to a pal, um, go to blindmike.net. Subscribe to the Patreon only if you like us. Don't do us any favors. Don't give us any charity. But if you like the show, you want to support us, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, If you just want to support the show for free, then do it that way. Give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube. Tap the bell for notifications. Like all our videos, comment, all of that helps the algorithm, supposedly. Um, YouTube has been uh, pretty decent lately. Growing. So hop on there, support the community. And uh, anything people should look for on Very Good Show recently? Uh, no, the flu has kind of killed us uh, in two separate weeks. So we were just doing Patreon stuff um, remotely for the last two weeks. But we'll be back to normal next week. Go by. If that, if that gripped you folks and made you want more, go to VeryGoodShow.org. I know we've had we've had things happen in like the last five weeks, and this one I'm like, nah, everyone's sick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to VeryGoodShow.org nonetheless. Go buy some. Go buy some Very Good Show merch. Yes, we got merch as well. Yeah, buy some Gearhead merch. Why are you laughing? Blind Mike Project. Oh, all right. Well. We're not done yet, folks, because we have our outro, which is usually the best part of the show. So <laughs> we'll see you guys. Happy. Oh, but that's, a, you know, to send everyone off on a nice note. Uh, thank you for all the support this year. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys are the best, genuinely. And, uh, you know, let's spread the word. Let's make next year an even bigger year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, all that horse shit. And uh, we'll see you guys in the new year. Sappers clear the way. Airborne all the way. If I tell you you've got a homicide, buddy, you've got a homicide. I hope to hear from you soon. I am proud to own the Trumpy Bear, and I will always be proud to be an American. Until then, have yourself a great day, and as always, rock on. Stop the baloney, huh? What kind of statement is that? <laughs> Piss on him. All right. All right. All right.